You're about to enter Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, please search for us on iTunes. Uh, look at Nowhere, California, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Nowhere, California. Please hit like. And as always, we are very hungry for your feedback. So if you have any requests or anything like that, please send your love, your hate, or your apathy to Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Miko Hughes from Pet Cemetery and New Nightmare. You're lost in Nowhere, California with Phil and Josh. This is Josh. This is Phil. This is Nick. And welcome to Nowhere, California. We're back to our regular episodes. You yes. guys have survived Tales from the Con. We survived Days of the Dead. Yes. Uh, hopefully, eventually, we'll be able to sit down and give you our recollections of the con. Because we had some fun outside of it, too. Have you seen our vines and our our videos? Yeah. Billboard. Billboard. Teddy bar. Bill has something against strip clubs if you've seen our videos. (laughs) It's it's all about priorities, guys. Yeah. It's like, I got my internet porn. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's right. Nobody else can slap at my small penis. And on that uplifting note, uh, <laughs> we're jumping into a subject that uh, Nick brought to the forefront for this episode, and also too, we kind of thought about doing this for a while, but Nick is the one that yeah, it's his brainchild. put it on the table. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for letting me do this in the first place. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to tackle for a long time is um, some of the best soundtracks out there. And there's a lot of good ones. Uh, and this is this is in light of and I know this was, you know, earlier in the year but with uh, uh, Marvel's uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They had the very first soundtrack that did not feature new music. Yeah, a totally vintage yeah. soundtrack. All vintage yeah. soundtrack to go number one for two weeks straight on the billboard. Which is interesting because we did we did talk about it a little bit with like certain uh, directors like Quentin Tarantino who is mm-hmm. very music centric. Cameron Crowe is another one. Mm-hmm. This was the first one to have complete vintage sound, yeah. which is pretty interesting because for the people that have listened to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack or even seen the trailers, the soundtrack's awesome. Yeah, it is. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Yeah, wonderful um, selection. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, Uga Uga it's, Chaka. it's essentially Star Wars mixtape. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, yeah. That's, that's the beauty of it because. Uh, um, Oh, I guess I have to drop a spoiler alert here. No, oh, I suppose you can. Okay, this, this time we can go. Yes. Spoiler alert. No. I will say spoiler alert, and I'm going to give you to the count of three, and then I will uh, say what I'm going to say. Okay, so here we go. Spoiler alert. One, two, three. At the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, when he finally unwraps the package, yeah. uh, it's mixtape number two. Yep. <laughs> Which so is that awesome. means, yes. Regardless. But it's kind of not a spoiler because you, when you see him with the tape the entire movie, right? you know there has to be a number two somewhere. Yeah, but you know that... See, here's the thing. That, again, like you were just saying, that he based the movie on the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Big credit to James now, Gunn. Now, yeah, so now James Gunn, knowing, you know, in the, the uh, end credits, it says, The Guardians of the Galaxy will return. Yeah. And very cool. But the preface going into it is knowing nothing else except we get another mixtape. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so confident about the soundtrack going into it that it was, you know. It's really well yeah, done. Yeah, it's really well done. And I think it might set a precedence for other people to, to attempt this maybe. You know, we're going to see some some films where you're going to have like a, like he said in one of the interviews, it was like, you know, sorry, this is my fault. It's probably going to wind up some like what? 90s grunge you know, <laughs> it's probably the first. I think it's the first 
of its kind where uh, the soundtrack plays a very pivotal well, part no. of the story. It, it's you, one of the worst well, of its kind, isn't no, it? No, because, like I said, like Quentin Tarantino and Castro, oh. they are very music-centric directors. Like, right. Cameron Crowe builds his movies directly around the soundtrack. Sure. You listen to certain songs go, Okay, that's what I want in all but this space. This is that's a different approach. Yeah, no, 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 it is a very different approach, but it also to it, it isn't a new approach, though. I, I, I think I see what Phil's going Thank on. You. This yeah. one. Okay. Uh, you know, you're talking about Cameron Crowe and, and, and Quentin Tarantino, and the music in their films really sets the pace for what's going on in the scene. Yeah. And you. Uh, you know, the, the, my ringtone, um, uh, Surfer. Yeah, um, is featured at the end of Pulp Fiction. You know, yeah, when uh, Jules and, and Vincent are walking off all badass, yeah, and shitty clothes, you know, off in the mm-hmm. sunset. Um, that sets a tone. This is a central plot piece See. for the film. The soundtrack itself. Do you want me to leave you alone with them so you can blow? Oh yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> Next pause. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> so, uh, I'm a little sleepy. Might be a little hungry, but. And welcome to No California. I look, but I can't But yeah, I, I see where you guys are going. Yeah, it's, it's a pivotal plot piece. It's something that he has to retrieve all the time because it's the only thing that ties him to his, his mother. mother. Yeah, not even his humanity so much. He has his mother, yeah, which is the only humanity he had. Because he yeah. he has given acceptance right. to the new life, but he still wants to keep that grasp. Well, plus mm-hmm. we get dancing baby group. Oh yes, yes. which is by the way, it's going to be a. I, I don't know if it's released yet, but it's uh, the Funko. Yeah, they're they're releasing it as a. Uh, it's kind of like you can buy your baby group. They should make a toy, a toy that you go. Well, that's what they're doing. Oh, okay, good. No, it's not. It doesn't dance with the music, but it's. It doesn't move. It's it's. A, oh no, it's, there's a moving one coming. Oh cool. Yeah, that's that's. Because that's what it's just like one of those dancing flowers. You have a dancing group. Exactly. Like, ah, yes. yeah. This is. I think it has music that's built in, or mm-hmm. it works with your. Well, you know, the marketing it. does itself. Yeah, it but you know, there's a warehouse somewhere with those flowers from the. Of course. And everybody, the owners going like. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. This seems a little late, you know, talking about it now. But we had so much else going on, and, and the way with which we record is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sets the tone for everything. But uh, you know, uh, getting this now in November, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was, you know, earlier in the year. But still, it's, it's I, one of the best movies of the year. Oh, I would argue. I would argue. You know, the best Marvel. The best Marvel. Well, uh, clearly the best Marvel film they had. It was Captain America 2, you know, Winter Soldier, yeah. and then I, I was floored by that, and then Guardians of the Galaxy came out, which was kind of a, mm-hmm. almost a, what Kevin Smith would refer to as a, almost a Z-grade yeah. uh, comic, comic book character. You know, but that's what Marvel has done so perfectly, yeah. is taking those characters and making it apart. And the soundtrack is a big... Yes, mm-hmm. and I, I absolutely, I mean, I bought it immediately, and I listened to it repeatedly. Yeah. It is a great, eclectic mix of a lot of different genres, but it's all classic yes. songs. It's all songs you've heard somewhere. And I'm telling you right now, man, Cherry Bomb from The Runaways. Oh, oh God. Yeah. When that kicked into the movie. Oh, yeah, when, were, oh. when they were tearing some shit up. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty damn awesome and then uh, and that's you know, kind of a key thing I'm not in love when he and, and Gamora were like about to kiss like, oh yeah wait a minute and kind of kicks that well that's oh, the whole thing too that's especially when she's listening to music 
She's yeah. yelling because everybody, nobody who's ever had a pair of headphones, nobody checks their inner voice. Yeah. yeah. When they when they're listening it's, to music, it's good to see that that's know? a universal problem. Yeah. But that's kind of the key thing too with uh, a lot of the movies that have the great soundtracks. When the right song comes into the right scene, it's perfect. It's, it makes it a classic scene. Which is again why I will say that, uh, and you're, this will be something I talk about in some of my favorites is uh, Heavenly Fair, is Tarantino's films. Oh yeah. Um, you know, because there's moments that will always just be right. That, you know the the twist contest from oh, Perfection. Yeah. God, oh my God, Jack Rabbit slams. And then uh, this, uh, when they're back at uh, Uma Thurman's place. Yeah. Name yeah, 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 escapes um, me right now. Uh, girl. The Yeah. Like when I first bought I'm my iPod. Shit out, sorry. That song oh. and uh, Stuck in the Middle of You were the first two songs that I put on yeah. my iPod. And yep, and it's you know it's fantastic, but this you know this isn't just going to be a, a vocal. Soundtrack uh, issue. This oh, is no, no, no. We're going to talk the scores, too. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the scores and, and things like that because one of the things that we do annually, uh, just now got, in, got back into the swing of it, I finally mm-hmm. uh, got to take my wife and my sister and brother in law um, to the Hollywood Bowl this year to see John Williams. That's awesome. Um, and you really can't go wrong with anything John Williams does. Of course. Uh, everything is, is, is perfectly um, you know, orchestrated. You well, know, when you think uh, movie scores and everything, John Williams is like the top of the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh, the master. The only person I would say that would follow closely to that is Daniel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know, Hans Zimmer, doesn't get me wrong. I like there's a lot of great names. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few of them out there. Um, and some that have come and gone and, and uh, you know, are only there in memory now that I adore. I listen mm-hmm. to repeatedly and uh, and I just love them. So, so like one of the scores, like one of the scores, Oh, were you going for? No, yeah, that's fine. One of the scores that I love, and I personally bought myself, and I still have it in my collection, and I have it on my iPod. And there's certain tracks I will always listen to is the Crow. Oh, the yeah, original yeah. Crow score. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another one. Well, the score not and the soundtrack. Too. Yes, there's there's two. Much like, and this it was the Crow and Batman. Uh, oh, and Batman. Yeah. And I actually realized mm-hmm. there was a score, and then there was also soundtrack. Exactly. The soundtrack was all done by Prince. No, but and then the 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 film score, score was Danny Elfman, and beautifully fit that film. Oh my uh, god! The 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 and then it's just a movie. I would I would argue that it's is iconic for Batman at that time, as was John Williams' score for Superman in '78. Well, look at the opening sequence to Bat, That's exactly where exactly. the camera is panning and zooming through the bats. Yeah, and it's not until it pans out that you're like, oh, and, shit! But the music yeah. along with it. You watch it and you're like, if it's your first time watching there's no music, you're kind of like, this is a weird opening. Because you know Tim Burton does those openings mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. he wants everybody to sit down, get comfortable, and everything like that. You watch it with no music. It's like, okay, this is whatever. You add that Danny Elfman music, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, we're in for some. Well, music. it was so it was so good. They recreated it in the Lego movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. and also they did it with the you know the animated TV series. Oh uh, yes, you know it became an icon. Of yes, that. it is. Mm-hmm. It's very much a staple of who who Batman is, and anybody who denies that is full of shit. Oh no, like, uh, the thing is, it's the first thing I think about every time I hear Batman, even today. I mean. I have uh, no. This is probably you guys are going to think it's stupid. When I try to enjoy the Nolan movies, I insert the Danny Elfman music. Like, you know, suddenly this is a much better movie. Well, Zimmerman <laughs> yeah. did an okay job with the yeah. 
Well, oh, I like the soundtrack. Yeah, we we've gone around in circles with Nolan. I just Nolan. didn't like Nolan. No, yeah, no exactly. Yeah. That's it. The, it, gotcha. it. It's the movie for what it was, and then also to Zimmer does the <clears> movie. But like we said, and like you just said too, you put Elfman in there thinking, ah, oh, I miss Elfman. Yes. I, I miss Tim Burton's. Screw it. Why am I watching this? I have Batman. <laughs> I have. I have Batman. But I want to point something out to you. Hans Zimmer did something. He kind of one up. Uh, John Williams, in a sense. Mm-hmm. John Williams. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, because the terror of which John Williams did this with mm-hmm. uh, will stand a test of time, long, 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 long past right. Hans Zimmer. But uh, he took two notes, two notes for the Jaws thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spielberg thought he was fucking nuts. Yeah, exactly. He thought he was joking. He he was like, crazy. Is this it? Are you serious? Is it? And he said, "Just trust me." Came back with a little more of the score and brought it to him, and Spielberg fucking jaw hit the floor. Like, yeah. This is it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Two notes. Hans Zimmer went up to him and did it with one note. Every time you hear that, that monotone, you knew Joker was about to tear loose and do something. Oh, yeah. Nuts. And and that's the simplicity of scores, too. Like that one note, the Jaws theme. And then you see it in certain horror movies, too. Like Kevin Smith made a conscious choice with Red State. No soundtrack. Yeah. Just bare bones dry. And that's the thing that works with that one, but other movies, it doesn't work. I'll argue uh, very, very much that one of the most terrifying things about the movie Gravity was when shit's tearing loose behind her in a vacuum of space. Silence, yeah. Dead silence. Oh, well, that's Gravity, too. Yes. And that's, you know, and that's what that is all, you know, that it's knowing when not to do it, when to have it in there, you know, when it works and when it works well. Uh, you know, Mallrats is another one of my favorite soundtracks. I remember Kevin yes. Smith. And same with Great soundtrack. James and he's <laughs> another director that he he knows he knows music. Yep, he knows his shit. Yeah, he he's makes a, the wise choices. Yeah, you know, great kind of a, a neo punk soundtrack. You know, from Mallrats, and I, I fucking love it. Um, Side note: I believe it's towards the end of this year they are re-releasing the Clerk soundtrack on Blu-ray. Ah, by the way, I want to give a little shout out to another podcast with you know the. The Smodco people. Yeah. Uh, with Hollywood Babylon. I just listened to the most recent one following Kevin Smith's Tusk. Mm-hmm. And he confirmed that because of all everything that he's done through Tusk, we are getting Clerks 3. Yes. We and are that's getting Clerks awesome. 3. As um, much as Tusk got shit on and everything, personally, I loved it. It's going to be a cult classic. It's going to be a cult classic. He said it's a midnight movie. Now, it, right? It's exactly how I've described it to people. It's like, it's a creature feature. Mm-hmm. It's, But also, too, like I described it to other people like, Phil had his doubts about it. I'm like, then you might want to avoid it. <coughs> yeah. Because you're going into it expecting a mainstream experience. Oh, hell no. No, you shouldn't. It's, it's, you know, it's weird. It's, gonna it's be, a weird... It's like a human centipede kind of thing. It's that That's weird, where they brought it to it. Yeah. It's kind of a weird uh, thing. You know, the, yeah. That weird twist. In the, there's so many movies out there that really are defined by how well... Sorry, you hear that slip. <laughs> 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 My dog's getting dragged. Uh, <laughs> or Bill's doing something. Oh, I'm, just, doing I'm, 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 I'm having that shit come out my nose again. <laughs> so there's a there's plenty of tissue. Um, <laughs> hairball. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, there's there's a, uh, tons of movies out there that are defined by their soundtrack, and there's some that kind of snuck under the radar that I, I don't think people appreciate. One of them for me was uh, uh, the Last Starfighter. Oh, yes. Craig mm-hmm. Saffin did that. And I originally, when I was younger, I thought it was John Williams. It is such a wonderful uh, piece. It has such a, a wonderful uh, kind of that space tone to it, you know. It, it's just... It's, yeah. 
it's I, its own. I say space honey. It's just, you know, for well, it kind of it's hard to battle Star Wars, and it, it puts its own place. Yes, yeah. staple in the 1980s, and even the um, even the video game has an eight bin rendition. Yes, it does, the and that's the only that's... reason I played that third game. <laughs> yes, is because it had that. Thumb you want to hear that music? <laughs> Very heroic and noble is the way oh, yeah. you know it, it and came across to me. Well, that's I the mark it. of a good soundtrack. Yeah, it gets you pumped. Yeah, and I've got oh. more. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kind of taken away from this, the Starfighter thing of getting you pumped and everything. You can also freak the crap out of you, like we talked about. Yeah. Uh Jaws. Psycho. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. 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 And a lot of Hitchcock movies too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, no, there's another one. I think Alfred Hitchcock is another one that knew music. Oh yeah. Yes. He was he was like the forefront of that. Yeah. Yeah. He knew how to uh, you know bring it down and then you know have the music reach a crescendo when it would be a very climactic scene. Um, no, no one can make you more scared of a symphony than Alfred Hitchcock. If you if you think about it, a lot of those have their staples. You know, I cannot instantly identify. You know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street off of Bum 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 Yeah. You know, same thing with Michael Myers. Exactly. But then also, too, like we're talking about with other horror movies and everything, can you imagine, like, Friday the 13th? Yeah. Without the kill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, kill. But then also, too, you get the silence. It's a dead silence. And then all of a sudden, Jason's out there. And you get that harsh pull across the violin. Shoot! Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that was oh, and then there's that. You, you, Everybody remembers the chasing music. I, this is fresh in my head because yeah. I'm watching it right now. Oh, You know, they're sneaking out. You know he's around the corner. And... Yeah, there. you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's you know there, there's songs, uh, not songs, but there's soundtracks, there's scores mm-hmm. that will instantly bring a tear to my eye. Oh, um, Band of Brothers soundtrack. Exactly. Um, the Band of Brothers soundtrack, the Saving Private Ryan soundtrack, yeah. takes me back to you know it really engulfs you in the cinematic experience yeah and then also do like we're talking about with the crow mm-hmm. anytime I hear it can't rain all the time on the actual soundtrack always reminds me of seeing that movie and the life of Brandon Lee and everything yeah. it just mm-hmm. kind of it brings dirt my every time I hear it can't rain all the time yep uh, I, can, uh, I can I can name two right now sure. that, that movie would be like a uh, the Land Before Time soundtrack, you know, the entire score that plays throughout that, yes. you know, it's that If We Hold On Together. It's yeah. Variations of it are played throughout the entire movie. Yeah, you're touching. That moves me. And uh, Ghost. Yeah, but also, too, to the the songs that bring Terry Eye and everything, I don't think anybody sitting at this table and anybody that has seen Toy Story 2 can say that mm-hmm. they have not got choked up or got emotionally stirred by Jesse's song. No. Jesse's song wrecks me. Yeah, it, is the saddest, it is the saddest song that has ever been. Like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen have been quoted like, slash Pixar film. like you guys are bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Sarah McLaughlin and that haunting voice that she has and you're just so when yeah. yeah. When She Loved Me. Oh my God, just the title makes you want to cry. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
Yeah, and it's uh, there's two. There's actually two Disney movies that will tear me up no matter when I hear. Jesse's song is mm-hmm. tip top. The other one Three is no. no. The other one is <laughs> the Caballeros. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The other one is in Mary Poppins, and it's mm-hmm. Tuppence a Bag. Oh, she's yeah. singing to the kids, and mm-hmm. you know the steps of St. Paul, and all. Oh God. Yeah. yeah, you know it's such a beautiful, haunting song. Well, that I just hear up every time I hear it. That's the thing with Disney, though, too. It's almost like they know. Yeah, they yeah. know what to do. Like we're gonna pick that out of your brain. Yeah. We're gonna make a song about it, and you're gonna weep. Yeah. Well, you know, like the trailer for uh, what is it? The one superhero eight or whatever it is. Oh, right? that's out now. Oh, big yeah, big hero. Big hero eight. Thank yeah. you. There's this feeling now because I'm laughing at the trailers. Ooh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, yeah, this is funny, and I'm like. There's going to be something in this movie that's going to fucking make me cry. <laughs> I just have this inkling feeling. I just, it's, it, I, I, got got another for you. I got another for you. Okay, good. How about the, just the basic sequence to Up? Oh, God. Oh, God. The opening sequence. The opening? Yeah. Jesus. But that, oh. I give more credit to Pixar than Disney on oh, that. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's yeah, still storytelling. Oh. The, the thing is, is as much as I want to say, you know, um, you know, Disney now owns Star Wars. Yeah. Now owns Indiana yeah. Jones. Now owns. Yeah. Uh, you know, now owns all of Marvel. Yeah. Um, you know, doesn't own Pixar, but is very tight partners with yeah. Pixar. They became partners. They're all. You know, it's all Disney brands. I don't think of them as Disney films. Yeah. No. Um, it is. It's backed by the money, but Disney's mm-hmm. been smart enough to give them the money and step back. It's like, do we need to do Marvel? Man? You know, like it ain't. You know, it ain't broke. We're not going to fix anything. So yeah. here's this money. You know, market it the best that you can. And they're they're doing great. They're doing it with Marvel. They're doing Absolutely. it with Star Wars. They're doing it with you know Pixar. And I think Pixar. Um, that opening sequence stuff is basically the emotional equivalent to a punch to the taint. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, yeah. So, but it, you still it, sit and want to watch the movie. It fucking kicks you in the feels so hard. And then when he opens the book at the end, yeah, you find your own adventure. Yes. Yeah, like, like, oh, 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 so that that movie yeah. is so close to Christina on my phone. One of the pictures that I have oh, is yeah. uh, is um, Ellie. Yeah. Um, and it's when she's a kid, you know, got the front yeah. little gap, and it says, "You're weird. I like you." <laughs> yeah. That's, I send that to her all the time. For Christmas, we'd give each other ornaments. Uh, it's gonna get a little sappy, so yeah. Fuck well, no, it's fine, dude. So uh, anyhow, uh, for Christmas, we give each other special ornament. And uh, one year, I gave her a little box, and she opened it up, and it was the grape soda button. And oh. that hang, it, it can be a pin or it can hang on the tree. Um, and then the other one is. This last year, excuse me just a second, I'm going to step right here. Okay. So if my voice drifts, it's because I'm letting my stupid dog out the door. Apparently she's got the bladder of a nine-year-old. Um, it happens. So there's a boot in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call the ASPCA. Uh, Back to the so sentiment, dude. <laughs> Back to the sentiment moment. Uh, yeah. This last year, um, <laughs> I made her the mailbox from Up. I actually made it out of polymer clay, <laughs> and uh, I drew the handprints overlapping and wrote Nick and Christina on them. Right. Uh, I'm actually really happy with the way that came out. But Up is such a touching thing. When we went and saw World of Color uh, at Disneyland, we were annual pass holders for quite some time. Uh, the first time we saw World of Color, it gets to a scene where there's a fan of water that's up, and it's just speckled with all kinds of color. And then you see, you hear the music. You know, from up, and then you know it's it's called uh, I think it's called Carl and Ellie's Waltz. Yes, yeah. and uh, 
you see the house kind of drift by, and we're just sobbing. I'm just guaranteeing you probably weren't alone. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. There's probably so many people going like. Fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> but this, you know, Disney as a staple. Disney's Disney's staple. Really, really really movie. Movie. And no matter how hard you try to fight it, and you're like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this movie, yeah. and I'm not gonna cry. Uh, Tangled uh, did it for me uh, recently, you know, and you've, yep. you've got the musical oh, yeah. going, and you want to know what it was? It was, um, you know, uh, they're they're having a celebration, you know, they're they're, they're lighting all those uh, candle things and yeah. out, right? Yeah. It's the father. You see in his eyes how heartbroken he is. Oh, yeah. He, misses he, his daughter. Does, he doesn't speak oh, a word, yeah, but there he is, straightening his coat, and you see the anguish in his eyes. Yeah. That Pixar, or actually, it's, it's the Disney animation. That, yeah, that, that, that Tangled was the one like, was, between the the parting the ways and then yeah. re I got you. But still, yeah. they, they, they've they animated the, yeah. the anguish in the eyes, and I'm just thinking, shit. Yeah. It, it gets me. It's, it's a cartoon that make, gives you this reminder with, with the music and everything that's going on in that sequence that while this is a celebration of their daughter, it's a reminder that she's no longer with them. Exactly. And that's, it's just so... And as a dad of three girls... Oh, that's gotta... It's you in the feels every single time. Yeah, I, I just look at that and I see it and I freaking feel it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's, there's those that, that yeah, do that. The cartoons basically... There's a long story history with the scores and the soundtracks where it's just like they're gonna they're gonna find that right moment and just even Fievel somewhere out there. Oh Fievel, oh, yes, yeah. gosh. Not even keeping it in the world of Disney. There's so many cartoons. It's it's very rare to find a cartoon that doesn't do their music right. Right. But also, too, if you find that cartoon that doesn't do their music right, it's going to be one of those movies where you're like, even Once like, Upon a Forest hits you in some uh, areas. Yeah. I mean, that one's is independent, yeah. but you've got. Uh, uh, you got Michael Crawford, Absolutely. who does that whispering, you know, thing along with the music, and yeah. Now, with with my you know, animated films and things like that, I love that they have the occasional song and stuff in there. But I really hearken back to the, uh, you know, the the twenty, well, the thirties, I should say, thirties and forties, when Academy Awards were given out to animated features. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Popeye. Oh, yeah. You know, things like that. Well, that's There's really not a moment. Resurrected him. There's not a moment where, uh, you know, Tom and Jerry never spoke except for the human characters. Never spoke. All musical scores. All buddy. musical scores. And, uh, you know, uh, Disney did this for the longest time. Every action or every vocalized something, every sound that came out of an animal was, or whatever was a musical instrument. Yep. Oh, it's oh, great. Yeah, the prime example of that one is one a cartoon, a very famous cartoon with Disney, but also to the play and then just the musical liner notes for it is Peter and the Wolf. Yes, oh, yeah, everybody absolutely. had a certain instrument. Oh, like the like the pop, boom, boom, yeah. Yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, that's something that Disney had held true for years, yeah. for years with, and um, uh, it you know it's something it's it's part of a bygone era now because along with uh, you know, Frozen now, everybody's going to expect that epic song, you know, because it's kind of, and that's, I'm okay with that. It's a new era. Disney still has a really solid pulse on what families love and things like that, and, and it's based on their music. But so you also like, get with the Disney lately, too, we had like the, the, back in the day, the shorts before the movie. Mm-hmm. Now yes. we got them back. Like yes. Superman. Yeah. With oh. Michael Regan Ralph. Yes. One of my favorites. And it has no dialogue. All score. Yeah, yeah, it's all all score. score. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, Pixar has started to do their shorts, but I mean, even though they have this sound effects and, and whatnot in there, but there's 
kind of that, you know, a little fun, playful. Yeah, wink well, to the past. I, well, you know, let, let's take it out of the animated realm. You know, if you want to just go with like kind of the playful thing that really sets a tone for a film. Ghostbusters。Yeah,ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
No, no every, that wasn't the first one. Every but single, it's a good choice. Every so, single uh, note from the beginning mm -hmm. to the end, I think it's just a perfect soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Everything from that, you know, you, you got, I mean, uh, you think time travel and what it's able to do, you know, you got the little whimsy behind it. Um, you got the gentle, you know, from the very beginning, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, that's the staple of it. And then you've got, you know, uh, the little action scores, you know. You know, and, and uh, this is the one that gets me pumped all the time. And I uh, I have a tendency to do it when I'm driving real fast in my car. Is yeah. It gets it, it gets me pumped. I mean, uh, it's it's it, it's gentle, you know, and yeah, it's um, that one. Oh, oh, and then they even have the slow version of it. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm like, it's got absolutely. It, it's it just it plays throughout the entire thing, and it's. Uh, I would say that that is the perfect soundtrack. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree I, I, with I, that. If that falls. Falls in yeah. that category. Yeah, we oh, yeah. we've discussed a couple of them already, like the Crow, the Crow uh, score and soundtrack, perfectly done. And also, did the Crow, the original Crow soundtrack was probably the first hard rock album I bought. Yeah, and, and then um, there's some of the other ones, but the one to answer this question would have to be Gross Point Blank. Oh, I bought. Well, yeah, you uh, you were with me when I bought that. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great yeah. throwback mm -hmm. soundtrack to a uh, mm -hmm. uh, high school reunion movie. It's not one of those cheesy ones where it's like, oh, God, we get to listen to this again. No. There's so many different bands and some that didn't make it big, but they still throw it on the soundtrack because that's how John Cusack is and that's how mm -hmm. the movie was built where it's like, this is what you're getting. Right. Yeah. And each, like the opening sequence to Gross Point Blank is uh, Martin Blank is on the job. He's doing a sniper hit, but you're hearing uh, oh, uh, um, I know Sunshiny Day. Yes, Sunshiny Day. Day. As he's doing this, and he's talking on the phone to Joan Cusack, his secretary, just doing business while you're hearing this like, white soundtrack and everything, where you can tell what's going on and everything, but he blasts dude, and it's still going with that mm -hmm. bright, sunshiny day. Oh, it does it even more when they're at the dance. Oh, yeah. You know, meet her in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And this is while he's beating the shit out of another hitman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's such a <laughs> random movie, but also, too, the soundtrack was really well done. And that also throws to, like, uh, Cameron Crowe's movies, where, like, he did singles, and that was about grunge. You get Almost Famous, which is about the 70s music. Which but is one, one of my favorites. Yeah, one. one of my personal favorites, movie-wise and soundtrack-wise, is Elizabeth Town. Yeah, and that was really well done because it was a modern movie, so there's no real reason to throw like random retro songs in there. But he did because it's Cameron Crowe, and he has that mind towards it. And Elizabethtown is such a perfect movie, mm -hmm. and the whole idea of taking a road trip through music yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Now, for me, no. There, and I thought about this quite a bit. And I, and I will genuinely stand by this. I think the most perfectly matched scene for scene for scene for scene, perfectly matched soundtrack to a film is Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. the guy pulled it up and was going to play something off it, but I thought, no, nah, never mind. I won't. Uh, it's, it's fine. Oh, I was, uh, I was tempted to play most of the scores that I had in there. Yeah. Like, give, you know, give our, our audience a listen. It's like, just listen to it and well, just listen to it. I can easily throw it up on YouTube. No, no problem, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to you doing that because I was thinking of doing the same thing because I'm like, you know what, I can talk about the score, but 
You might as well o- listen o- Open your ears. But that's also kind of a given, too, with this type of subject for this episode. Is like, go back and listen to these. Okay, I'm going to give you a little taste of this. Go for it, buddy. This is called The Death of Rexor. And this is when Conan's facing off against uh, uh, Fulsa Doom's, you know, big right-hand man. His name's uh, uh, Rexor. And he's already lost his love, Valeria. She returns to him in the scene for just a brief second. And you can just hear how it changes and gets serious again, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. This is... And it's basically yeah. Conan's being blindsided here. And just as Rexor is about to strike him down, Valerius sword comes out of nowhere, and this is where you get his shiny armor. I can see it. Yeah. See. She says, Do you want to live forever? And yeah. he turns and grabs the sword, and he turns back around, she's not there. And then he stands up, and they square off evenly. Ba, ma, ma. Yeah. I can see it there. Play Ah! Ah! Was that your arm? Huh? And he did that. Ah! No, the swords are climbing up. And here's the cool part: Rex Sword is holding his father's sword that he stole from yeah. them when they killed him. You know, killed mm-hmm. his village off. And it's the sword of you know the Atlantis, the Atlantean sword, which is mm-hmm. the Crom sword. Yeah. yeah, Crom. The hell with you. And he shatters his father's sword, breaking, you know, the yep. fear and all this stuff. And, oh, it's that's Basil Paul That's what I'm talking about. That's it's, great. It's, it's yeah. Basil Paul yeah. and I mean, I'm talking every scene. Yeah. The scene in there, it's called The Wheel of Pain, where he's oh, just yeah. pushing the thing around. And then when he gets to the part where it introduces him as a man, yeah. and he's like, I'm hoping they harken back to that soundtrack when they do the next Conan movie. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's already filming. He's already filming, but I hope they go back to that. Yeah, I would love to see that too. You know, oh, yeah. give him you know a solid send off, you know that kind of thing. Absolutely. But that's you know that's. And I've got um, uh, I, I got another one, an example. And I think you guys. Uh, I, I, now, look, I haven't watched all of them, uh, all the movies, um, you know, in their entirety. Uh, but I would say all the Peter Jackson Middle Earth films. Oh, oh yeah, you've got. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have the they, 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 they have. They have some of the most incredible music I've ever. Heard. Well, it's the band behind it. It's it's wow. another one of those directors. It's not uh, song heavy. Right. Like it's not like Camacro or Tarantino, where it's like where it's uh, songs with lyrics and everything. But Peter Jackson is one of those mm-hmm. directors that, when it comes to score, yeah, he will make it perfect. Yeah. Now, here's something: that when it does get heavy into the song, you know, when the songs do right. actually come out, yeah. it's so in character, except for mm-hmm. the title, some of the title track. Right. And um, it was the last film, Return of the King, that won them the best song. Yeah. And that was uh, Annie Lennox, Into mm-hmm. the West. Beautiful song. Beautiful Annie song. Lennox. Now, yeah, and so, here's the funny part about that. I thought, they're never going to be able to top that in, like, the Middle Earth type things. No one's the Hobbit coming down the line. They did. There's a song called Overhill. It's part of the uh, Hobbit. And it's uh, not Desolation of Smog, but Hobbit. It's mm-hmm. called Overhill. And it starts off with that, everything that identifies the uh, Hobbit, you know, that gentle kind of music. Yeah. And then it breaks into the seriousness, because that's when Bilbo's saying, you don't have a home. I do, and I know how important that is. 
and I will do everything I can to help you get yours back, and they're going to square off, you know, um, you know, in, in the big fight. And it comes down to just that far over the misty mountains call. Well, it's that, but it's that bomb, 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 and it's so it's. I get goosebumps every oh, yeah. time I yeah. hear it. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. You know, I'm glad you're right. right. Peter Jackson knows it. Exactly. Peter Jackson does exactly. exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys feel the same way. There was one thing that happened like years ago. Remember the movie Hackers? Yes, yes. Yeah. And this is totally kind of screeching hold. I don't know why I want to bring this up, but I remember one late night I was watching TV and they were advertising Hackers 2. So oh, it's the yeah. idea of extra soundtracks. Oh, okay, okay. Confused the shit out of me for years. Oh, I know. I thought there was a sequel. I thought there was a sequel too. I was like, "Is Super Hackers too?" I love that movie. I know. I'm like, "Well, son of a bitch!" And it never showed. (laughs) But um, that was totally. No, no, no! It shows how much. I mean, that that was like a DUI checkpoint. Like, could you come over here real quick? Okay, go back to that thing. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I can see the. But like how you're talking about Peter Jackson, and then also too, there's the like musical movies. Oh, which yeah. one's like Sweeney Todd. Oh, Sweeney Todd, Evita. Evita. Yeah, something as weird as Evita. Like a million know. ways to die in the West. Yeah. Oh, mustache. Oh, mustache. Well, comedic movies. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, think about this: the South Park movie won best Thank song you. for "What Would Brian Boitano Do." Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought it was Blame Canada. No, oh, Blame Canada. No, it didn't win though. It got beat by Phil Collins. That yeah, but it was Blame Canada. Robin Williams performed uh, Blame Canada at the Oscar. It was a runner-up. Because remember, later, the following season after the Oscars, uh, they had an episode where they just bashed Phil Collins. Not really even having any kind of issue with him. Like, he missed with the Oscar, so we're just going to give him a Fair enough. But, um, yeah, but they were not in for an Oscar for that. But also, too, even Trey and Matt alone... Book of Mormon? Well, the upcoming Book of Mormon movie. movie. They yeah. want to do it as a movie, but they're waiting to get South Park done first. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Team America World Police. Mm-hmm. Full-blown musical. Oh, yeah. Wait, they're doing another South Park? No, not the South Park movie. They want to get done with the series. Oh, the series. Because those guys throw themselves so deep into making a movie, mm-hmm. they don't yeah. want to have that stress of... Oh, yeah, the series. But then also, too, look at Orgasmo. Oh, yeah. Such a... What the fuck movie? Hey guys, you want me on top? Yeah. yeah. But the, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. There's yeah. A, one song. Be a man, 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 man. Yeah. Oh, my 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 it's fucking hilarious. There, there's so many levels to every movie. Great. Yeah. Music great. makes it perfect. Yeah. No, I completely agree. America, fuck you. Yeah. There's so many more places we can go with it. Oh, like yeah. I know we say this a lot with a lot of subjects, but we're definitely going to be revisiting like different soundtracks and talking about the music of movies. I like, have to. Yeah. In cinema, it's it's part of cinema. Hand. It is. But um, before we close things up, we're going to jump into a list. We haven't really checked out any pre-made lists in a while, so we're yeah. going to jump into this one. I found this one on Rolling Stone. It was published in August 2013. It's from their top 25 soundtracks of all time. We're not going to go through all 25 because that'd be boring as hell. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to go through some random ones and then go through the top 10. Okay. And especially, i got to mention number 25 because Phil's really going to enjoy this one. I don't know how much he's going to enjoy it. Well, uh, I, I, I have a pretty good feeling what it is, and I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't. Just because number 25 was the monkey's head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the monkey's head. 
It sounds like the monkey's head. Yeah, uh, that horror movie. I'll watch that horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me see that. No, uh, no. Monkeys. The monkeys have a good soundtrack. I mean, that's what they're known for. Uh, Just the movie sucks. But, but apparently, well, yeah, the movie sucks. I mean, you have to be on a substance to enjoy it. That and that's just, you know, that's the only problem I have with it. Yes, sir. But the music I can enjoy sober. Yeah. Well, like the end song where they're jumping off the bridge into the mm-hmm. ocean, the porpoise song. Goodbye, goodbye. Well, yeah, I like the song. Oh, it's an awesome song. I love it. And I d- but forgive me if I wished for some of them to hit the rocks on the way down, okay? So. Uh, this is going to be a main staple for Nowhere. It's always going to be <laughs> You started it. I know I did. Yeah. Uh, the next one to mention is number twenty was singles, the Camera Crow grunge movie. Yeah, mm. but like we all already said, to, uh, to Camera Crow, his music mind is yeah there. He's yeah. a genius uh, when it comes to this. Sorry about that. Um, number sixteen, uh, the Graduate, and what uh, song comes to mind with that? Yeah, Mr. Robinson. Mr. Robinson. Mm. And then now, great song. Great song. Right. song. And if you look at, back at the soundtrack, yeah, the whole, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, the whole soundtrack is really good, but that's the one that really leaps out at you. Mm-hmm. That led to a musical. Yeah. Graduate did have a stage musical. Yep. Mm-hmm. The next one is number 13, which exposed me to one of the... Naked God, Man? God... <laughs> oh, oh Halfway Naked Man. Uh, one of the godfathers of punk, uh, Iggy Pop, Train Spot. Oh! <laughs> which is another great soundtrack, too, because you get a lot of British music, you get a lot of old-school punk. Right. And like I said, you get Iggy Pop and mm-hmm. Methuselah himself, Iggy Pop. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little mixed about Iggy Pop, but I do dig this. Song. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixed too. The dude is a strange, strange cat. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Yeah, but also to be at that age and still in that kind of shape, yeah. holy crap! Yeah, no kidding. Like the way you said cat. Yeah. <laughs> He's a jive, Jackie. <laughs> it's Iggy Pop. He's one of those people, like, I'm not in that type of person to call somebody a cat, but he, that dude is a strange yeah, no, no, cat. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. No, no, I've never heard you say it. I think it's awesome. Well, that, that's I well, that, that's the reason I said it. It's like, there's a certain way you have to describe Iggy Pop. I commemorate you for bringing a little style into it, buddy. It's all I'm trying to do is give I, you a compliment. No, I'm, I'm taking the call. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now we're jumping into the top Top ten, okay. The first one, number ten, which I'm kind of surprised it's number ten compared to the other ones on this list. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the other ones are based off, you know, like the the time period and the... Were those women's sirens? Yeah. Oh, okay. The whole movie of Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is the Odyssey. Oh, right. Yeah, that's exactly In the South. Oh, Um, but Jesus. Well, no. I just got it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's a justifiable going. Oh, I didn't realize that until now. It's something where you got to know what. Well, is. I just figured out what John Goodman was. Okay, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> if you get a chance, uh, listen to Union Station, uh, the band Union Station. Uh, they play with Allison Krauss a lot, and uh, the lead singer from uh, Union Station is the one who does the lends the voice for uh, right. George Clinton. Yeah, and it's a great. That great kind of Smoky Mountain twang kind of, you know, it's really cool. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah. And great soundtrack there. And then uh, next, next one, number nine, is another music-centric movie. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that, those are the godfathers of uh, yeah. spoofs. Yeah. Satirical. Yeah. This thing, mockumentaries, yes. Yeah. Great. 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 Well, there's speakers that go to ten. Well, this one goes to eleven. <laughs> it's one higher. Great. <laughs> Number eight, Rushmore. I don't remember really too much about the soundtrack, but yeah. I know it, it's a Pete, uh, Paul I know. Thomas Anderson movie. I know yeah, it's which 
He's another one that he doesn't really go mainstream. He goes yeah. indie. Yeah, very unconventional and quirky. Both show brother, check it out now. And then, then, the opening. and then another one. That's right. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's red. It's red. Okay. Next one up is one that we've talked about a little bit already, too, and it's Pulp Fiction, number seven. Oh, yeah, bam, 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 Yeah, the sound strike speaks for itself. Yeah, pretty much everything turned to the There you go. Number six, Superfly. Don't know too much about it. Mm. I, I do, and it, it, it is. It's a song. I mean, yeah. it's another one that uh, speaks to the period. Mm. Which also makes me think, with all these different ones, Shaft was nowhere on this list. Shaft, Shaft is more than... That one song. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then a lot of the kind of twangy 70s, 60s, 70s yeah. guitar. Yeah. Next up, uh, number five, there's no music soundtrack list without this one. Saturday Night Fever. Of course. Oh, the right. The Bee Gees. Disco. Oh, yeah. Donna Summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one up is Hard Day's Night, number four. Mm-hmm. Beatles. Beatles. Mm-hmm. Can never go wrong with Beatles. Right. Untouchable. Uh, number three, The Harder They Came. Kind of another one like Superfly. It's... Yeah. You hear the yeah. title, The Harder They Came. Is it a porn? Yeah. Could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. And of course, number two, Purple Rain. Yes. Oh, jeez, yeah. Can't touch Prince. The movie sucks balls. <laughs> yeah, but the, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Nobody awesome. can touch Prince because he's like a child. <laughs> yeah. He's small. He's hard to catch. Well, now he looks like an old woman. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. It looks like an old Please black woman. Please Prince, man. That's, yeah. like That's the whole thing. He, he's such a... Five o'clock in the morning and he's got to have his llama. Uh, yeah. He's an essential <laughs> motherfucker, but he's yeah. a talented motherfucker. Yes. Yep. And then number one, of course, is another Beatles one, Help. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of Beatles. Well, they they kind of uh, became the forefront of being that musician or the that rock group movies kind that of make the rock movies. movies. Yeah. Like Elvis had his, and then but also the Beatles made it their own thing. It's like the four, yeah, the was, the pioneers of music videos almost. I would have given Elvis the honorable mention for uh, Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock. Rock. You know, being the first. Blue Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but Jailhouse Rock is the one that I think yeah, people really remember. Set, set Next to the Jailhouse Rock. Even Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a quick list from Rolling Stone. It's an interesting list, though. Like I said, it was kind of some you'd think would be there, and then some... What? Interesting, but I mean that's Rolling Stone too. They go from the more eclectic. Yeah, yeah. They you know, use things that were geared for music. Yeah, yeah. Soundtracks. I'm surprised Greece wasn't on there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's probably on some list of musicals, and that's oh, yeah. kind of how we were talking, like how we said we we're definitely going to be revisiting. Them. Oh yes. yeah, there's there's more to talk about because definitely we have a musical episode in our future. Oh, without a doubt. Jazz hands. <laughs> so so uh, that's about it for this episode. I think Nick has been here enough, so we don't have to thank him for being here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still going to thank him. I love him. Oh, it's we, it's yeah. always been a, always a blast and recording with him. And then I'm going to apologize to my wife. She's very pregnant, and she's going background and tickles and things like that. And so, so soon as, as soon as we get around to watch, we're going to wrap this up because it's going to be one of our quicker games for in game. And I don't want to die. And yeah. he doesn't want to die, but we're going to do a round of which is it? Okay. Okay. And All the right. choices this. Okay. Time around are going to be children's books about dinosaurs or uh, books about dinosaur puppy. This is really terrifies me that this is a thing. Basically, dino erotica. It's a real thing. I I I kind of came across it on. Yeah, we were really sorry. Touched in the head to want to screw something that's been extinct for the, the, I, of years. First was exposed. Like a I was exposed to this. On at midnight, they did a game about it on here, and I figured, you know, you got to do witches it on here. Josh, <laughs> really, 
I'm really starting to worry about you. Okay. Hey, this is going to be no, fun. I know, By the end I know. of it, we're going to be laughing our asses. I know, I know. Okay, so, as always, whoever gets the highest score wins. Whoever All loses right. gets to close the show. Okay, you're keeping the... I'll attempt to keep the score, or you guys can keep your scores. All right, all right. Okay, the first one up is in the Velociraptor's Nest. Bill, what do you think it is? I uh, think it's a children's book. Nick? I think it's Dino Erotica. Nick, you got the first point. Yeah! Oh, man. Here is the quick description for that one. Azog is an underappreciated cavewoman in her tribe. The cavemen treat her like a piece of meat. They force her legs open and do as they please to her. Agzog cannot even resist it unless she proves herself as a hunter. When she goes out in search of fresh meat, she discovers a clutch of baby velociraptors and decides to kill them and triumphantly bring them back to the tribe. That is until their father shows up and blocks Zog's way out of the cave. Zog must use her, all of her womanly wiles to get out of the cave which includes doing things she had never dreamed of. Can anybody hear <laughs> my brow hitting my palm? She's a zog blocker! <laughs> this is real. <laughs> no. And the, the, the woman that writes these, her name is... It's a woman? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with her? Her name is Christy Sims, and she writes a series of these, and she doesn't stick just to dinosaurs. So and we got happy. Okay, so first point goes to Nick. Yes, yes. Right. Next one. Detective Dinosaur. Bill? It's a children's book. I agree. Yes, it is a children's book. Okay, right. so that's two for you. And two for Nick, one for Phil. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs before dark. <laughs> so you're going Dino Erotica on that one? Yeah. Nick? I go children's book. Children's book. Three oh, one. thank God. Yeah, that one would have been bad. Yeah, I know. Really bad. Next up, Running from Raptors. Please tell me that's a children's book. Children's book. Nope. Oh, <laughs> God. So it still is three to one. The description for Running with Raptors. Ula is a beautiful cavewoman who Ula. is Ula. out forging for her tribe with uh, the rest of the tribe's women. As she's forging, wow, they really need to learn to spell. She senses she is being watched, and not just by any creature, by raptors. The most cunning predators of the jungle. Apparently, they're all sex star, too. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I love that you expected there to be great punctuation in a, in a dino erotic dino porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, she can sense them stalking her and her tribe. All Ula can do is retreat and hope not to be attacked. One night, while Ula's tribe sleeps peacefully, the raptors attack, and Ula retreats to the cave. She thinks she's safe until. A raptor finds her and corners her in the cave. Ula knows she is done for, but instead of tearing her to bits, the raptor begins to nuzzle at her nether regions. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't take long for Ula to discover what the raptors truly want from her, but is she willing to give it to them? Do you want to bet that the book was written in feces? Probably was. Bloody feces. Yeah, no. So we're still at three, three to one. one. Next one. T Rex Troubles. Children's book. Children's book. No. Actually, no. Oh, oh my god. The description of this one. <laughs> this is the fun part. I know. In a land before time. <laughs> Layla hunts for her tribe. The men belittle and threaten her. A woman who hunts like a man until 
Desperate, she sets out alone after the most fearsome beast in the world, a T-Rex. As she hunts... <laughs> I really wish we were videotaping this right now. <laughs> you know about this, <laughs> Dish? As she hunts... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as she hunts the giant predator, a very special T-Rex is hunting her. This T-Rex has psychic powers. Oh my god! And a desire for human flesh. Naked and alone, Layla bargains with the beast, her body for her life. Can Layla accept the beast's carnal demands? Can her body accommodate the relentless desires? Can she hold to her part of the bargain? Or will she become the T-Rex's next meal? Lord. So we're still three to one. Oh my god. Thank you for opening my eyes to this, Josh. (laughs) And closing my ass to it. Yes! Uh, It's... I know I'm laughing my ass off, but I'm feeling the same thing you guys are. I hope you are. Because it's just like... And we all are kind of creative people. I know. We write, but it's like this actually got published and made. And... uh, It's not fair. Three to one, right? Three to one. We got two more. There's no way I'm going to win this. (laughs) The next two. Yeah, two. And then I got to bust out some kind of tiebreaker. All right. Next one. Danny and the Dinosaur. Children's book. Children's book. Yeah, it's the classic. All right, thank you. Okay, that's two to four. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're four. No, he's three still. No, no, he got the... Oh, he, no, he, he he said child's book. Oh, yeah, so four to two. Sorry, four to two. I can count. That's okay. I, I'm better with... I, I like four to two better, because at least I had a playing shot. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the finality. All right. Taken at the Dinosaur Museum. Dino porn. Children's down three, three to four. And to wrap it up, this nice final description. Yeah. The job market is tough, and it couldn't have been any tougher on Kate. She's been looking forever for a new job, but she couldn't find one. As she was reading through the paper one day, she came across an ad for the museum looking for a night watch person. Oh, God. <laughs> she gets the job and finds herself as a night guard working for the Dinosaur Natural History Museum. That's basically the description. That's the description. Uh, this is the warning that they tacked onto every one of those. Okay. Warning. This is a tale of beast sex. This story was written to unlock your darkest fantasies and innermost desires. It is not for the faint of heart, and it is not your mother's erotica. No shit. Oh, yeah, it's a regular Harlequin war romance. All the sexual descriptions found in this audio book. It's um, on all three platforms: regular book, ebook, and audio. Oh, I can't wait to hear who, it, who it's read by. But read, as read by Betty White, audiobook. Audiobook is very explicit in nature and is not suitable for someone under the age of eighteen 40. years of age. He plunged his tail in my pussy. <laughs> Listen at your own risk. So that was which is it. Kids dinosaur book all right. or dino. Uh, I, I lost, right? Yeah, you lost, so you know. All the right, thing. all right. You have just listened to a very disturbing episode of Nowhere California. Well, just thank, you for, thank you, sir. Again, the ending, the ending. You're not going to unhear this. Um, yeah, I can't and I, and I, Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not going to wipe this from my mind. So, thank you very much for listening. This has been Nowhere California, and Philip Morgan needs some fucking therapy. <laughs>